Welcome to Cab World, first off the rank for news, reviews and interviews from the world of taxi, private hire and chauffeur drive. This is episode three, episode number three already. Coming up in this uh, episode, we've got some uh, some news, some, uh, some great news uh, and some, uh, well, general news to report about the uh, the sector and um, and how we're getting through you know the, uh, the 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 business despite a number of challenges brought about by um you know mainly uh, coronavirus uh, related uh, downturns and uh, and so on so stay tuned and uh, we hope you enjoy the show william uh, you're with me uh, as ever this week yes, how are you Sam. hello how are you Loki? Good, thank you. Very good, very good. So you've been in Edinburgh. Um, You'll know all about the the Edinburgh protest. I think it was today or yesterday that they had the protest around the Scottish Parliament. It was yesterday. Basically, I think it was the uh, Edinburgh uh, taxi trade uh, doing a bit of a, a show of strength and uh, a show of solidarity uh, just to uh, highlight the... Uh, the predicament that they find themselves in, you know, through the uh, government enforced uh, lockdown, uh, you know, I think a number of the uh, the drivers just had enough. Frankly, you know, they feel that they're they're not getting support. Um, there are claims uh, from many that uh, that reckon they've lost about eighty five percent of their work uh, in Edinburgh, and that's due to um, to, to to COVID. Yeah, and at the same time, I think there's uh, there's you know there the, there is talk of support, but I don't think it's happening soon enough. So, um, so it's a real a public show of strength just to just to try and get the message out there. I actually spoke to a few drivers from other areas who said had they had the money and the fuel, they would have came and supported them, but because they don't have any money to drive all the way to Edinburgh, um, it's really tough out there at the moment. I mean, speaking to the guys. They're sitting on the rank for four and five hours without getting a job. It's just horrendous. Um, and I know that they've. I know that the uh, Kate Forbes has came out with this nineteen million pounds um, grant that's going to be available. But I think um, somebody somewhere's come up with this figure that that's going to work out approximately five hundred pounds per driver if you give it to the whole of Scotland. Um, taxi, private hire. I don't even think the chauffeurs are getting a mention in that. And um, mm-hmm. I, I just think that, that, that over and above that, I am, a lot of the stuff that they're saying, like, you know, we'll sort it out in January. I mean, these guys have got to be having a laugh, haven't they? We'll sort it out after you've we'll spoiled your Christmas. You know, <laughs> there'll be no well, turkey for Christmas. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, absolutely no turkey. I mean, we we all know that, you know, for the for the trade, um, December is is normally a, a very busy month, and um, you know it can make up for some of the um, the slack periods that may be endured throughout the year. But of course, this December is not going to be like that at all. Um, but the costs are still going to be there. It seems like waiting until January is probably going to be a, a case of too little, too late. Yeah, I think, you know, you go on any of these websites and you'll see the amount of taxi businesses that are up for sale at the moment. Guys are just, as you said, I think in the last one, didn't you, the, the, the fields down south are full of black hat and he's just getting stored. I think there was a hotel on the website the other day on social media showing you this hotel that they're taking the car park over and there's two or 300 black hackneys in that as well. Um, the, wow. There's fields are, you know, Companies and they're not doing anything at all for 
taxi companies because guys like me and other taxi owners that actually own the business, they're getting it tough as well at the moment because they've got a lot of cars sitting around, fully insured, um, and they're just sitting, there's no drivers. And you can't blame mm-hmm. the guys. You can't get an eight shift driver at all because there's nothing happening after six o'clock in most places. Yeah. Yeah, it really yeah, is yeah. tough for the guys out there. It is. I mean, you mentioned about operators. I mean, some of the uh, some of the larger companies obviously got more cars. They've got more company cars, and consequently, they can have hundreds of cars parked up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, what's your understanding of parking up a car? I mean, can you can you just cancel your insurance, put a hold on the plate? I mean, what? How does that work? No, because um, most of well, I don't know certain areas. Glasgow, for instance, you can have two, maybe three tests a year. So you've got to have the vehicle insured to take it for a test. So insurance companies not going to put it off and on all the time. So you're basically stuck with it. If you want to sort it off the road, you've got an issue with the council going and telling them the vehicle's not available. Um, they will ask you to hand in the plates. It's just a whole more rigmarole. Um, so as a result, most of the guys are sitting there and their taxis are fully insured, um, but no drivers on them. They've also got payments to make to these cars, and it's just horrendous. The payment holidays, you know, was for three months. That's well over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're still trying to come along. And um, I think the finance companies, are, some of the finance companies are actually all right. When you speak to them, they, they quite, some of them are quite understanding. Say, yeah, do you know what? I know, I know where you are with us, and um, we'll give you another three months. Others are wanting to come and repossess the vehicle for the love of it. I just don't know what they're going to do with when they repossess <laughs> No, no, just uh, fill another field full of them, I, I suppose. Yeah. That seems to be the way of things. Uh, although the one good thing, I think, was uh, the Welsh government. Did they not give their drivers another four grand or something? Heard about that, yeah, um, which is a, a great bit of um, of good news. So um, I think many of the, the drivers there are overjoyed um, at these support grants um, finally um, coming out. And I think the timescale is relatively short as well. I think, um, you know, we reported uh, in an earlier episode about, um, you know, the drivers protesting in a similar way to the Edinburgh drivers were. Yeah. Just to, to raise, you know, publicly you know, the, their experience and how hard things are for them. And that seems to have worked, I think, that public show of... That um, was in know, Cardiff, of, yes. That's right, in Cardiff, yeah. So, I mean, just after one month uh, from the uh, the date of these um, sort of public demonstrations, um, you know, these grants have arrived of up to uh, £4,000. So it's fantastic, great result, very good result. This is the thing that we need. We need somebody to act a lot quicker to sit and say that you're going to give £19 million between taxi drivers, workout grants, whatever, it's got to be done now. They, 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 I don't understand why they want to do it in January. You know, these guys are struggling really badly just now. I hear the it taxi be... drivers going to food banks. I mean, that's just unbelievable. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's appalling. And it just makes me question the criteria for rolling out this support i mean it sounds like quite a substantial amount of money and and let's hope every penny of it um gets to uh those that need it most but i do have a concern that it's potentially going to be a similar situation to um recent help packages where 
only a small percentage of those that really need the the help and support actually get it. Uh, I, I know that some of the uh, the criteria that I've come across, you 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 know, you must be, you must have a registered address, um, you know, like a a, a business uh, address, an office address where you're paying commercial rates. Yeah. Uh, in order to even qualify for some of these grants. Now, obviously, if you're a taxi driver, you're out, you're out in the street every day. Your 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 taxi is your office. So why would you why would you need one elsewhere? So I do have some concerns about the um, the, the criteria here, to um, you know the eligibility criteria and what proportion of people are actually going to benefit at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that there's a number of these drivers out there have been complaining about this that they're looking for a business address. And, you know, 99% of taxi drivers, it's run from their home. The vehicles are registered to their home. Insurance goes to their home. The license goes to their home. And then they're turning around trying to say to them, yeah, but you don't have commercial um, rates and you don't have an office. You've not got registered all. I just, yeah, somebody needs to get a hold of this and try and sort it out sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I still think waiting to January to dish out nineteen million pounds is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to uh, to see why that would be a good idea. Obviously, makes sense to someone, but um, you know, maybe helps uh, the 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 government's cash flow slightly. But um, it's hard yeah. to see how that can yeah. possibly benefit the the trade. Um, and so we, I mean, we've been talking about. Um, you know some some red tape and um, you know various burdens that uh, that hit our our sector and and that brings us on to um, the next subject really which is you know the the drivers um, just now are having to uh, to pay um, for their um, you know their their licensing fees and so on but as I understand it one of the uh, the national um, well, the licensed private hire uh, car association is taking some steps to try and improve that situation. Have you got any any news on that, William? Well, as far as I know, Steve Wright uh, from the association has um, written to the government and they've basically asked that nationwide, uh, so throughout the whole of the UK, that for next year, the taxi drivers don't have to pay for any licenses and um, we've got to look at the test fees and things like that and see, can they have a year without paying anything? Um, because the guys are finding it tough. You know, the, I, I, I can't believe, I think Glasgow's the only council that came up with a fantastic idea whilst we're all struggling was to put £10 on to the price of a test so that they could clean the vehicle. This didn't last long because I think everybody was sort of going along to them and saying, "He's, I've got to be having a laugh." These guys are out here making absolutely nothing, and you think that yeah. putting ten pound on a test fee is going to help? Who is that? I just don't understand that. I just, I'd love to have sat around the table when someone came up with that idea. Crazy, nuts. But yeah, they've yeah. asked yeah, the, the, the licensed private hire car association. They've asked the UK government to instruct all the councils throughout the UK not to charge any licensing fees next year. So we'll see how that goes. I don't think that'll go very far, but anyway, we'll see how they go on with it. 
Yeah, I think it would uh, it would certainly help, and uh, you know, rather than just waive the fees, I think um, I think the intention is that the the government should directly fund those fees, so it's um, it's it's going to hit them in the pocket directly uh, instead of the the drivers. So, I think that's something that we would uh, we would actively support. Um, oh, we support anything yeah. that's going to help the drivers out, and uh, and so yeah, uh, we wish um, we wish Steve Wright and his uh, his group uh, every success with that. Yeah. Like Let's hear it. Hope that goes through. So, moving on from uh, from the UK to the other side of the world now, uh, China, because they have come up with uh, basically a robo taxi um, with a, a ride hailing service, um, and I believe this is uh, this is owned uh, at least in part by um, Alibaba. And uh, they are launching the service uh, to the Shanghai public, I believe, in April coming. That's April 2021. Um, so that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see. I believe this is, a, well, a world's first, I believe, a launch of a fully autonomous driverless vehicle. Yeah, they've had them on trial now for quite a while. Um, at this point, there's got to be someone behind the wheel, but the vehicle's doing all the work. And the reports coming in are that the driver sitting behind the wheel isn't actually doing anything. So they've now got to go ahead to send these vehicles out now without a driver. Now, I've been through this over and over again with a number of companies and people telling me how it's not going to work. Um, And I keep referring back to anyone that's old enough to remember the days without mobile phones. And had I said to you about 30 years ago, we'll all be walking about with a phone, you'd be asking, where will we plug this in? You know, are we all going to have a big wire somewhere? So these vehicles are on their way. Yeah, I hear lots of people telling me they would never get into a vehicle without a driver being there. That will change pretty quickly as well, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of it has got to be down to the infrastructure. I mean, I I, I struggle to picture... uh, driverless car negotiating the the streets of edinburgh for example where you've got um you know you've got tunnels and bridges and different parts of the town with different access rights and so on and so forth uh, cobbled streets i just see it as being uh a bit far-fetched but i guess if you've got maybe a, a newly built town and you can create the appropriate infrastructure for that vehicle to so minimize the hazards and so on and so forth then i think it would potentially become a bit more realistic but maybe maybe it's good for china i don't think so loki i think they're coming i don't see them being that far away um and it'll be like everything else initially no one will want to know them but you know it's like um a saturday night when you kind of get a taxi and they say you will send you a driverless one you'll be like yeah, well, do you know what? That'll do. I'll take anything at the moment. I just got to get home. <laughs> it's raining. I'm cold. I'm out here. I want home. Send me anything. And they'll be yeah. a driverless. I mean, I've seen the, a couple of these things, and I think we're going on to talk about what was the other one that uh, Amazon's got out at the moment? Yeah, so Amazon have, have taken this, uh, well, similar route, I think. They've... Um, I believe that they're uh, they are owners or or part owners at least of uh, a company called Zooks. Now this is Z O O X um, Zooks, um, which has a robotic taxi, um, fully electric, and there is no facility there for a driver even. 
Yeah, and this is what I've said for a long time. This is how the vehicle is going to look. And anyone that wants to go to um, our podcast, which is Cab World, and um, sorry, go to our Facebook page, you'll see a photograph of this vehicle. And, um, you know, that, that's exactly how I see it. It's like an old carriage without the horse pulling it. But <laughs> it, it, it's, it's no steering wheels, there's no pedals, there's no speedometer. There'll be some sort of iPad um, for whatever you want to speak to someone or you want to do something. Um, mm-hmm. yep. What it will also have, and, you know, some people have said to me, yeah, but what if you leave your brolie in it? What if you leave a mess in it? What if you do this? And I've said, you know what it's going to be like? It's going to be like the you go to the shops and you, you self-scan and it tells you to put something, you know, you've scanned something, but you've not put it on the scales. And that's what this vehicle will be like. It'll weigh exactly what it is. And if you get out and you've left something in the vehicle, you'll get a text. The vehicle won't move. You'll get a text saying you've left your brolie in the car. It'll have cameras in it so that someone in a control room somewhere in the world will be able to look into this vehicle and decide, you know what, someone's been sick in it. Let's take off the road. Let's get it back to the depot and get it cleaned out. Yeah, they're yeah, they're a, a light yeah. aren't they? So you know, governments are going to go for them big time. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I mean, it, it's an interesting looking vehicle. Um, yeah, so it's funny you you mentioning like a sort of horse and cart minus the uh, minus the horse. It is a little bit like that. It's quite quite small. In fact, um, just to to help visualize it, it's apparently forty inches shorter than a Toyota Corolla, but it does have almost two bench seats um, where the uh, four passengers would sit facing each other. And in terms of its capabilities, the reports of it running for uh, up to 16 hours continuously on a single charge, which is quite impressive, I think. I mean, it looks, it looks quite nice, I have to say. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, that is a prototype. That will get, you know, um, I think they're putting this into production, aren't they? So there'll be a few, um, uh, uh, you know, improvements in it. But from mm-hmm. what I read, it's got all sorts of safety stuff, hasn't it? Seatbelts, airbags. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's got all the, I guess it's got all the um, the, the safety features that a, a normal passenger car would would have. But, um, I mean, it must have a few smart features built in there as well. <laughs> um, but as, as, as now... I gather that the uh, the launch date has not yet been announced, but um, tests have already begun in uh, in California, um, and uh, so yeah, it looks like it's looks like it's happening. And with you know the finances of Amazon behind it, you know it's it's just going to keep going. I suspect. Tell me this: Do you think it'll need a fire extinguisher and a first aid kit? <laughs> <laughs> I've no doubt some counsellor somewhere will say, yeah, but we still need a fire extinguisher and a first aid kit. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's, it? It is interesting just to see how the how the local authorities will respond to that, you know, because they, some, are, some are better than others in terms of uh, speed of response, you know, when there's new technology coming out. Remember when hybrid cars first came out and suddenly you had a test to do for a vehicle that had two engines. You know that took all sorts of um, you know challenges to uh, to try and get the legislation to keep up. I know the other problem they had when the the electric cars came out, um, they wanted to fuel them because you couldn't uh, have any way of measuring the uh, emissions. 
to somebody pointed out that's the whole idea. There is no emissions coming off this thing. <laughs> so the guys at the testing station were like, eh, well, what do we put through here? <laughs> well, well, it's just looking increasingly like you know, the, the 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 driverless vehicles seem to be gathering some uh, momentum. There doesn't seem to be any getting away from that. You know, this is happening in uh, in China. It's happening in the US. Um, no doubt it's going to be happening in, uh, in European cities near us. So um, definitely going to happen. And, you know, I'm, uh, one of my biggest concerns is what's going to happen to um, to the, the legendary banter from a taxi driver. There'll be no chat. <laughs> I mean, well, how, how are we gonna how are we gonna manage that? Yeah, I think they just need to speak amongst themselves, and I don't know who they're going to argue with when the machine goes the wrong way. You know, this is not the way the bus goes. So <laughs> <laughs> that that that's always a famous one when you're sitting in a taxi. People tell you this is not the way the bus goes. <laughs> but the one thing I would say to you seriously <laughs> is that over time, people will use these more and more. And I can see my grandkids turning around and saying to my wife and saying to their grandmothers, let me get this clear. So a Saturday night, two in the morning, we come out of a club and you get into a vehicle with some strange guy. Why on earth would you ever do that? Why would you do that? Just get into one of these pod things and they take you wherever you want to go. And you don't have to argue with anybody. I suppose. I mean, you know... You're on a private hire company. You'll you will have customers that ring you up and say, you know, don't send me that guy that I had last week yes. because you know, for whatever reason, you know, I don't I don't want him. And I, I suppose the the day's going to come when someone just says, don't send me any driver. I want one of those driverless things to come and get me. And you know, yeah. that's that's around the corner. Funny, maybe it's one of the things we need to bring up. One of the podcasts is some of the strangest things we get asked in a taxi office. And some of the complaints we get, one of the the, the most popular complaints is the passenger, they'll phone us up and they'll say, don't send me that taxi driver again because he didn't even speak to me all the way on the journey. And the next day, someone will phone up and say, don't send me that taxi driver again. He never shuts up. He just spoke all the way there. It's almost like we need a code word or something, some you know, some way that the passenger can indicate chat or no chat. Yes, that's something. Something simple like that would be good to have. Absolutely. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how um, how the future looks with um, driverless uh, vehicles. And talking about technology, um, back to Uber again, um, who we talk about rather yeah. a lot, um, and Uber has been in the news again uh, this week um, because it's uh, offloaded its Elevate unit to uh, a Californian aviation company. Now, apparently it's a very complicated um, business deal, but I understand that Uber are still investing $75 million in this startup business. Now, we've talked about driverless vehicles. Now we're talking about flying taxis. <laughs> so... <laughs> Now, it's difficult, and you may well laugh, but the facts are that some big manufacturers are getting behind this. So to name but two, we've got Hyundai and Toyota, who are currently developing what they're calling their airborne products for exactly this space. 
So, you know, I was thinking how unlikely it was that you would end up having a driverless car rocking around Edinburgh, but actually, you could want to see a flying car. Exactly, a flying taxi. I, I just can't see that happening very much. But, you know, it's um, again, there's some big money being pumped into this. So it looks like it's it's going to be a thing in the, of the future. Well, I hope they do better than the Loganair's idea today where you can fly from Glasgow to Edinburgh. And I've just thought, it's just beyond belief. It'd take you longer to get to back and forth to each airport than it would to drive or jump on a train through Edinburgh. But anyway... I know, I know. I, I I can't get my head around that. I heard that too, and uh, I still can't believe it. You know, just I mean, I don't know how long that flight takes—five minutes, ten minutes, or something, they're, depending they're on the half an hour all in. And they were also saying something. I can't remember the price. It was ridiculous. It was like seventy quid or something like that. You are just grief. No, that doesn't seem to make an awful lot of sense to me. But yeah, that's um, interesting. So I guess you could almost consider that as being a flying taxi. Yeah, I think I think nearer to us though will be the electric cars. I think they're certainly coming um, a lot quicker than anything else. I think in the next couple of years um, we'll all be changing to electric cars. Um, and on that subject, I believe in January we're bringing someone on to tell us a bit more about them. That's yeah, good. yeah. Well, that that'll be. I mean, it's a hot topic. Um, I think we we personally have a, a bit of an interest in in this, and you know, we uh, well, you can't escape them. Uh, you know, I think I think the whole of our trade, um, and in fact, every every driver certainly in the in in the UK has to accept that that's the way things are going. You know, with, I think, 2030, um, manufacturers are going to be banned from uh, from selling vehicles with petrol or diesel engine cars. So, I mean, the, this is the future. So we want to know as much as, as, as we can learn about these just now, um, you know, because it's, they come with a fairly big price tag. We want to make sure that you're buying them correctly, buying them wisely. Yeah, I think it's more to do with the... Uh how long they can hold a charge, how many miles to get a full charge, and how long does it take to charge the darn things. Um, that's the mm. one thing they've got to get sorted out. It's got to charge pretty rapid um, because you don't want to be running out of charge on a Saturday night or, you know, Christmas Eve and, you know, sitting by the roadside charging this vehicle while everybody's chatting your window saying, busy driver. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, and I, I think I think that um, you know there was something in the news this week. I mean, I I, I, uh, I only just um, read it very briefly, but I think it's the black cab drivers at um, Schiphol Airport in uh, in uh, Amsterdam, or the outskirts of Amsterdam, who um, have have they've been using a fleet of Teslas, and uh, and they found that. The vehicle is actually not fit for purpose because the claims that the manufacturer made about the uh, the mileage yeah. actually um, don't come close to uh, to the mileage that you get in reality. So I don't remember the numbers, but uh, you know the, the the drivers are up in arms, and uh, I think that Tesla are working with them to try and come up with a better solution. Um, but there's I think there's pressure on them to do so, otherwise. It's going to end up in court, potentially. Yeah, so hopefully in January we're going to get someone on that's going to tell us a lot more about these electric cars and the ones to look for and the ones to avoid. Um, also, in January, we've got someone coming on from the insurance industry to tell us some more about insurance and how we can save some money on insurance and 
um, what to claim and what not to claim. Yeah. I think that's going to be really um, interesting because, you know, this um, industry expert that um, that we have coming on is is really going to educate us and uh, and you, the listeners, as to you know how you can how you can manage your insurance uh, a bit better, right? what you can do to protect yourself, um, and and so on. I mean, we, we, you know, we we don't want to reveal too much at this stage, but I think it's going to be a really interesting listener for for everyone. Yes, the the one tip that I have been given up to now is that every driver should fit a camera to their car. But I don't want to get into that because we know how I feel about that with councils telling you you can or you can't. It's got to be this kind of camera. It's got to be that. And I have no idea why councils are even involved in it. Somebody from somewhere would need to come on and tell me this is why the councils are involved in this. Um, because, it's, you know, every news agent you walk in you now, in fact, almost every door you press the buzzer in has got you on camera now. So, <laughs> but... That's right. Taxi driver driver that's running you home at two and three in the morning. Yeah, he's not supposed to have a camera. Yeah. Nuts. No, no, that's it. That's it. Well, I think we're going to draw our episode three to uh, a close now. So uh, I think we'd like to thank our listeners for uh, for your support um, through our first three episodes. And we will be back in January 21 with um, some packed shows. We've already mentioned we've got uh, the insurance industry and uh, electric cars, and that's just January. So that's a lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm.